Welcome to this TLK podcast. I'm Stephen Fletcher, the communications officer of the Diocese of Chewham, Limerick and Killaloo. Now, the Church of Ireland has recently announced two new canons. The Bishop of Chewham, Limerick and Killaloo, the Right Reverend Michael Burroughs, has appointed two new canons, the Reverend Michael Kavanagh from Kerry and the Reverend Kevin O'Brien, the Rector of the Drumcliff Union here in Ennis. And I'm delighted to be sitting next to one of them now, the Reverend Kevin O'Brien, Canon Kevin O'Brien. Congratulations. Uh, Many thanks. Yes, I think, I guess, myself and Michael, you might call us a salvo. (laughs) Yes, because you've also been appointed with Michael Kavanagh from Kerry. That's right, yeah, and he's a buddy of mine as well, so I can offer my congratulations to him as well. So I'm sure many people will wonder what is a canon and what does a canon do? So let's start with what is a canon? Okay, well, let, let me go back through the history. Canon comes from the word, Latin word canonicus, which comes originally from the Greek canonicus, which basically relates to the idea of one subjecting oneself or being subject to an ecclesiastical rule. Right. The canon, as right. it were, the canons, yes. the laws of the church. So it's someone who submits to a particular set of canons. And it was originally a cleric who lived with others in a, in a chapter house. So they would live in the same house and they would serve within the precincts of the cathedral and they would serve the cathedral, say the cathedral masses, look after the congregation and so on. And then over them would be a dean who looked after the chapter and gathered the chapter together. And that then, under the rule of St. Augustine, subdivided into canons regular, and they were ones who were members of a religious order, and canons secular, rather like, I think many people will be familiar with Catholic priests who are either part of a religious order or are a secular stroke diocesan priest. And so that was the division. There were canons regular who were part of a religious order, and canons secular who would be attached to the cathedral in the same way but would not live by the rule of the religious order, they would be covered by separate rules. Uh, And so in the Church of Ireland and Church of England, the Anglican churches, essentially pretty much all canons these days are canons secular, or secular canons. Although some of them might be part of religious orders. So, and you'll be attached to St Mary's Cathedral, so you're part of the chapter, the group of canons, in St Mary's Cathedral in Limerick. Yes, and it's, I believe it's a joint chapter between Killaloo Cathedral and, and Limerick. So we're essentially canons of that joint chapter. And then some of the canons are residentiary canons. In other words, they, they live and work at the cathedral. And uh, other canons will be what's called honorary canons. Residentiary canons will have that title of canon for as long as they're actually living in post. But uh, honorary canons, they carry that title for life. And in a way, in the Catholic Church, it's, they might be styled either canon or monsignor. Right. So I think that gives people a sort of cross-reference. Yeah. It's an honorific, it's given to experienced priests, and it's a, you know, a lovely recognition, but also is a symbol that one's life and one's ministry has been beyond one's own parish, right. um, that you've been more involved with the life of the diocese. And so canons are usually people who have had and continue to have a a slightly wider brief. And so what will you do as a canon that you don't do as a rector? 
The duties, I have to say, are, are not onerous, <laughs> as it's mainly an honorific, but it will involve preaching occasionally at St Mary's as a guest preacher, as, as one of the chapter, and being at um, Evensong when I can, Sunday evenings. And also, I think it, it builds a, a greater link between our group of parishes and the cathedral. Not that that link isn't necessarily there anyway, but it certainly, I think, involves the life of our parishes more in the life of the cathedral, and I hope versa vice. Yeah. When the chapter meets, what sort of business does it decide? Well, I'm, I'm yet to find out because, of course, I'm not really involved in the day-to-day management of no. the, the cathedral. So there might be some decisions that are taken as a full chapter, which might be to do with certain projects that the cathedral is undertaking within the wider diocese and that some of us might like to be involved in. Yeah. And I think back to Canon Liz, who was until recently in Adair, uh, and she and some colleagues devised this holy walk from Limerick to Killaloo. And so she, that was her involvement, and, and so they would have discussed that sort of business. But, of course, the day-to-day business of the, the running of the cathedral is very much left to the, the dean and to, his, and to the dean's vicar. Yeah. And do you get any uh, privileges? Uh, you have your own seat in the cathedral, I believe. I do, um, which is wh- where the word installation comes from because one was put into a stall right. so one one is installed right and i guess that ecclesiastical term has then just come out into uh into wider parlance but so yes i'll have a stall in the cathedral choir area the chapter choir now this is an em- enormous privilege i'm allowed to park in the car park of st mary's uh when i go to services rather than going across to the potato market and, and finding some space there. So uh, that'll be a fantastic privilege. And then, of course, the sense of being together with other canons and therefore having, I suppose, a, a wider insight into the life of the diocese and, of course, the life of the cathedral, which is essentially the mother church of the diocese. Yeah. Now, some time ago, I was taken round the cathedral by the dean and shown the seats, or they're actually called misericords, I think, are they? Yes. Which enable you to appear to be standing when, in fact, you're sitting down. Yes, copying a bit of a rest without looking like it. And I suppose it's slightly akin to fixed golfing umbrellas where one can perch perch, uh, whilst remaining dignified. (laughs) And I think some misericords are more miserable than others. Right. Um, Certainly, I think, in one cathedral that I heard of in Geneva, where I think Jean Cavlin had been involved, they were really quite uncomfortable and made to be so. But um, I hope these are slightly more comfortable. The interesting thing, of course, is it brings it home to you, the antiquity of of the cathedral, uh, often, because you might sit in these chairs, which are quite small for modern frames, um, because they were designed for people who were smaller. We've got bigger in in modern age, and you certainly feel, or can feel, slightly more cramped in some of these chairs. You think cramped, people were... Yeah, a lot tinier. You said sit in them. I think it's more sit on them, isn't it? Yes. They, you know, they don't uh, convey any great comfort. Uh, I don't think they're designed for lounging. No. <laughs> <laughs> a historical appointment and an interesting appointment, and it recognises work that you've been doing uh, in the diocese as well. So it's uh, an honour in that regard, isn't it? And uh, if it's not too onerous, then... Uh, yeah, and it's like certain wines. They're honoured 
not necessarily because they taste any better, but they've been around a long time. <laughs> so, um, but I think there's one interesting thing about it as well, is that, is that when you look at these roles and these sort of graduations, as it were, of priesthood, um, you see them mirrored very much in the Catholic Church. And it reminds one that actually, but for the Reformation, and clearly some bifurcation, some growing away in certain things uh, since that time, actually structurally in our foundations, we're one and the same. We're yeah. very, very similar. And actually the three great um, Episcopal churches of the world are the Catholic Church, nu numerically the largest, then the Orthodox Church, and the Anglican Church, of which Church of Ireland is a part, because we have bishops, priests, and deacons, those historic orders. And actually, although in common language the Church of Ireland is often called the Protestant Church here in Ireland, it is in part Protestant. But I think it would also describe itself as Reformed Catholic. And because we have the distinctive pattern of the, the Church's Catholic, Orthodox, and Anglican, we're, we're similar to one another. So yes, there are shades uh, and some people within the Church of Ireland will be more Catholic and, uh, or Protestant than others. But actually, at our roots, we still very much share the same fundamental structures and, and understanding of what the Church is. So our ecclesiologies have the same foundations. Yeah. Good. Well, when do you get installed? I think a date has been muted of 21st of May, 4 o'clock, Evensong at St Mary's. So... Um, and I, I hope, you know, some of the, my own congregations will be to come. And also it will be on the website with the live cam as well. So obviously anyone would be very welcome to attend and, and see what we get up to. <laughs> Do you have any special extra bits of uniform? Do you have any other things that we would recognise you as a canon? Yes, I'm not quite sure what the traditions um, are here, because every cathedral will be slightly different. I think they still wear black cassocks at St Mary's. Some cathedrals have blue cassocks or red cassocks. I think they're, they're black at St Mary's. There is a stole or a preaching scarf that I think has the coat of arms of the cathedral on it. I think if one really wants to push the boat out, one could have a cincture, which is like a wide belt, and cassock trimmed with purple or red piping, and some even like a, a red pom-pom on their beretta. But I've once tried a beretta, and it made me look like part of the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> so I don't think I should be wearing one again. Right. But, uh, no, well, very many congratulations, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in full regalia. Whether or not you have your red piping, we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you very much indeed, and probably without piping. <laughs> well, I hope you sit comfortably throughout the service. I look forward to it. <laughs>